Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of our Perspectives podcast. I'm your host for today, Kenitra Kiki Hikes. And I'm excited to be able to bring us the topic of building teams that make you better with our panel of experts. So before we go ahead and jump into what does it take to build teams, um, I want to give the panelists a chance to introduce themselves. First of all, welcome, everybody. Um, And thank you all for joining us. Um, So why don't we just go around, uh, tell us who you are, um, and give just a little bit of history about your professional background. Whoever wants to start. Why don't you start? I'll start. Um, My name is Robert Lee. Uh, I'm an insurance manager and a data analyst uh, senior. Uh, Also, uh, as far as my background, I've had some background in banking and um, insurance management. So. Thank you. Jeannie, would you like to go next? Sure. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. I'm Jeannie Murphy. I am a small business owner and I currently work in higher education. Great. All right. And joining us remotely, um, but we like to say still here and present with us. Um, Erin and uh, Andrea, would you like to go? Whichever one. Sure. Hi, I'm Andrea Hardiman. Everyone calls me Drea. Um, I am a university relations and early talent director. And I also serve as an adjunct professor dealing with HR courses, anything in management and building strong teams and leadership. And um, gosh, I have over about 20 years of experience in that area. Great. Thank you for joining us. And Erin. Hi, I'm Erin Jackson. I am a chief strategy officer for a regional nonprofit headquartered in Austin, Texas. And I have been in the nonprofit work all of my career. And uh, I spend most of my days making our organization a better place, um, prioritizing people, belonging, culture, uh, and our overall organizational strategy. I've also recently dipped my toe into the small business world and um, doing some consulting. Great, great. So welcome everybody. As, as I hope the audience can tell how much experience that we have and, and the expertise that we have to talk about our topic today. Um, so let's just start off with the whole basics, right? We're talking about building teams that make you better. Uh, we're going to talk about it from a leadership perspective and from a teams and management perspectives as well. But I just want to start with the basics. What is the overall purpose of a team? I think it's a group of individuals working toward uh, just a common objective or goal. Um, That's pretty much what a team is. Okay. Common objectives, goals, right? Yeah. Everybody working towards that same purpose. Anyone else? I'll add also a team functions well in they bring their individual talents and their skills to the table to execute on those goals. And a leader has to understand what each individual brings to the table to better utilize that in the team. And I also want to add empathy and respect is critical as well as you journey along. So uh, open communication, trust and, and fair dialogue and healthy challenge, not being afraid of listening to other people's viewpoints to execute. 
Right, right. Those are some great characteristics that it, it really takes to have in a team um, and to help build that team as well. Erin or Jeannie, anything to add to building a team? What is the purpose of a whole team? Sure, I'll, I'll add to what we've heard so far. A team will probably be very diverse and it should be. Uh, I always love very diverse teams from skill sets to education, experiences, backgrounds and interests. I think a team really looks and feels different depending on the task, mm -hmm. depending on the work environment, depending on the goal. And so the teams can be described in various ways. In the end, it is working towards a common goal working together, sometimes working separately, working virtually and or in person. At the end of the day, there is a common interest. And sometimes when those interests have conflicts or there are competing interests, it's important to understand the element of team dynamics and what that means and the ability for organizational leaders and individuals in general to really find a way to work beyond challenges so that everyone is accountable and can work towards their specific directive. Great, great. I love that you added in the accountability part. Yes, we, so, we, we sometimes forget about that as well is uh, holding teams and te the members and the leaders accountable as well for building their teams and, and making sure that they hit their goals and, and everything. So I completely understand that. So I want to read here. I, I have a statistic here that we're going to build upon. So um, according to a February 2023 Zippa article, 86% of leaders blame lack of teamwork as the top reason for workplace failure. However, when a team is effective, it can foster better strategies, execute more consistently, and build the confidence of stakeholders. Right? So that's a very important statement to take into consideration because 86%, that's a lot of leaders blaming lack of teamwork for those failures. So Knowing that, why is it so important to recruit and build a strong team? So I want to add to that because um, I have an example of a team that actually was challenged in that area. And a leader brought me in to assess the team and find out what was going on. And going back to Jeannie's point, that diversity had to be present and it wasn't. Uh, the, the leader hired themselves over and over and over again. And unfortunately, the issue was they weren't innovative. They weren't moving forward. They couldn't um, execute the way they needed to because they were all one personality type and they kept running around in a circle analysis paralysis because that's their personality type. Once she realized that she needed to and what to know what to execute. So beyond the task and the skill set, but then also looking at behaviors as well and identifying gaps on your team so that you can continually progress and innovate. Right, right. I know you, uh, we had a little bit of breakup in the middle, Drea, but we got a lot of um, what you were saying about the, your story about um, the leader hiring itself over and over again, right? And definitely tying that in with, with Jeannie's comment about that lack of diversity, which is why it's so important that we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion now, it's because that lack of diversity can mean a contribute to a failure of that team. If you're hiring someone that's the same person over and over again, it's not working out. Maybe you need to look at something else, right? Anything, any 
I know there's lots of, of comments coming, so I'll go ahead and pause. Anything additional to add to that? Thank you, Drea. I, I agree. I was just going to add to it and say, you know, kind of how uh, the lady spoke on diversity. What it also does is help, you know, build the foundation for uh, the culture, right? The culture of the company, which in turn uh, can help, I think, contribute to that as well. So I think that that's a, a big piece um, with it also. I think um, as far as hiring a good team, it's uh, other than knowing what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, who's going to do it. Like those are the three biggest um, things you need to solve for. And in order to do the work, you have to have a team, a team who's qualified, a team who is competent, a team who feels empowered. Uh, otherwise, you won't be able to accomplish your mission or your um, business imperatives. And you also want folks who are able to feel fulfilled by the work that they do. So as we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that's part of my work. And uh, as someone coming from it from more of a practitioner stance versus an academic stance, I think a lot about power and dynamics uh, and the importance of cultivating a culture where people can be seen and heard and felt and included um, and how that is so critical to forming a team, uh, the success of a team that really it's impossible for a team to be successful in a vacuum. Uh, and it's really very difficult for a team to be successful in an environment that is uh, toxic or unproductive. Mm, absolutely. I agree with you, Aaron. Thank you for sharing. I'll mention that Essence Learning offers a great learning tool called Essence of Respect. And I share this with you today because I feel it's so important to respect your teammate to respect the position of the teammate. We often hear the saying, there's a lot of people that are leading and not enough people following. And I think mm. when we go back to look at the essence of respect and to understand how important it is to value diversity and really become a strength finder, we can really leverage people's abilities on teams. And often that's not the case. We've heard uh, from today's podcast of the manager or leader who wanted to hire themselves over and over again, it's comfortable. It makes sense. There's going to be the path of least resistance often when it comes to teamwork and collaboration. But again, respecting differences and valuing the person's ability and where they're coming from can definitely be a value added position for business leaders and organizational leaders. Great, great. Yeah. Um, you know, I would think of the same thing, Jeannie, you were reading my mind about the, the respect when you talk about personal values and needs, because those are things that do need to be met on a team as well. And you know, you guys have given some great tips on why it's important, but you know, I think we're all having challenges. And if you're listening, maybe you can relate to this as a leader. We're having challenges with how do we do it? What What is the best way to go out there and really recruit people um, to make your team? You know, we've had so many different changes that are occurring in our, our worldly culture. Um, and people are, you know, moving around from job to job and we're looking at skills and talents, but how do you do it? What advice do you give out there for leaders to how to recruit those teams? If I may, I, I think recruiting is really a skill set that is ongoing and changing. It's not a one size fits all. I think it's important for organizations and organizational leaders to look at the technology that's available, cast a very wide net to attract diverse talent. 
to look at what your competitors are doing to retain talent once it's attractive. But as far as recruiting and, and onboarding, I think it's really important to always look at diversity. You don't want one specific age range or gender range or ethnicity. You want to have a very wide variety of workforce so that, again, you can have different perspectives and really gain a competitive advantage. So I think technology would be one of the answers that I would provide on how to do that. I agree with Jeannie 100% in terms of, I was going to say, I agree with Jeannie 100% in terms of um, diversity and inclusion. Also to include um, clearly defining the goal, you know, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? I think that's big. That plays into the team dynamics. Um, if I'm able to, you know, understand and feel that I'm a good fit for what it is we're trying to do and you're on the same page with me, then we're going to work together closely to achieve and reach whatever that may be. And then kind of how she talked about technology, I think just kind of being aware of what's out there and then having those skill sets to achieve that goal. So. Absolutely. That's a good point. I also want to add, not only do we need to know what it is that we're looking for and where to find it, but then also understanding talent needs five to 10 years out. Oftentimes you lock yourself in by hiring what you need right then. And to you guys, GPT and how it is gonna change, how we recruit, what we do, how we assess people. And so you have to understand what recruiters can do and what how they can function what staffing agencies are out there using those talents and training people to understand what you need in your work environment to execute on the jobs and tasks that'll help you reach your goals. Good point. Good point. Remember the days when talent uh, life cycles really focus on looking at maybe, for example, the aging workforce, how to build your bench, who is going to be retiring in, in five years, the workforce, landscape has changed. I don't think any organization really focuses simply on who's going to be retiring now or in the next few years. There's no guarantee that the employees there now will even stay. Mm -hmm. And to your point, technology, how it's evolving the recruiting process. If for someone who's looking for change and looking for that good fit finds it, guess what? Your employee is gone. Mm -hmm. So right. great points with, you know, having to stay on top of the trend and getting trained on technology to be effective with that recruiting. Yeah. I also think organizations need to um, be looking at what they offer as an employer, because during the recruitment and interview process, an employee is looking at some, an employee's interviewing you, as well as a potential employee, you interviewing that potential employee. So, um, you know, are your pay rates competitive? Are your benefits competitive? You know, what do your employees say about their culture? Do they enjoy working there? Because you can bring someone in a lot of times, but will you retain them? And so organizations ensuring that they are not just putting their best foot forward to get someone in the door, but for them to stay there uh, is really critical because there's a lot of talent out there. And, you know, with the, you've got the, what do you call it, the, the silent quitting. And then also, you know, the, the exodus that they had, uh, you know, where folks leaving jobs, people really are looking for not just money, but for a place where they can find fulfillment and belonging. Uh, and there's enough stress in the world. They're not looking for additional stress. So what is it that you're offering as an employer that will make someone want to be with you um, for however long they'd like to? 
I, th I think, Erin, uh, thank you for that, because that really does talk about how it's it's no longer just you just have to hire the best people. There's got to be so much more included in that in order to build your team, right? Because mm -hmm. you know, you talk about the loyalty thing, right? And people are not loyal to companies anymore, and, and so um, you know, the moment that they don't have a need that's met, a personal need that's met or valued, then they can move on to the next organization. They have options. Yeah. So you have to, you're gonna have to build like Aaron said. You have to put more in there than just the best people to build your teams. You got to look at those benefits and those payoffs and, and other things to also keep your team motivated as well. And so I want to ask you all, because you all have been leaders of teams and you manage people. Can you share with the listeners some tips on how to better manage people in teams so that they do stay loyal with their organization? I would say collaboration. That looks different for everyone. It's defined different. Personally, I like to be involved with teams that are of high energy. Uh, selfishly, that's my personality most of the time. And so I personally attract to high energy teams. However, I understand everyone is not high energy and or high energy all times. So I think, you know, really and truly looking at just how teams are managing themselves is equally important. Um, if there's no accountability or if deadlines are not being met, you find yourself covering from your team member or your team member doesn't want to cover for you, <laughs> you have to have discussions that really need to level set and reassess how to be effective and support one another. I think it's also important to understand your, your way is not the only way as a leader, we have to be open to hear from our team. We hired these people. We need to trust them to execute on the work. And so with that being said, that may require me to sit down and say, hey, my way is not the best way. My team came up with a great idea and championed that. And they need to feel supported mm -hmm. and heard. Yes. And so I think that's a big piece. Absolutely. I think transparency. Yeah. Uh, transparency is key for me. Um, I like to take on the clearest con type expectation just in terms of, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you and the expectation. I would like for you to reciprocate that back to mm -hmm. me. Um, just reason being is, you know, I always know where I stand as well as you should. And I think that fosters a clear channel of communication, as Jeannie said, um, which opens up, you know, kind of a just positive, positivity, positive, positive energy uh, will kind of flow within the, excuse me, within the team. Absolutely. And it allows trust building. Mm -hmm. So if you're mm -hmm. transparent and you can easily come to your team member, hey, Kiki, I know we have this deadline. I'm behind. I need help. I thought I had a strategy. How can we work together? I think being transparent and honest goes a long way. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've appreciated the transparency and I agree with you. It's reciprocal. I want to get it and I want to give it. Good point. Yes. I, I think there are probably two main things as a leader that I think um, are my job in creating a, a good team. And so the first thing is creating a culture where a team can thrive. And so I've talked some about power and dynamics. And I have seen where you can hire really great people, but there's so much dysfunction and toxicity and lack of accountability in those teams that they will leave because um, they're not able to thrive or there's not any type of accountability or, you know, you've got this someone who's considered a high performer in the culture that may be doing their own thing and they're not pulled in and 
being held accountable for even how they work with others. And the other thing is to remove barriers as it relates to innovation. Um, if I'm more senior than them, usually I know where there might be pockets of money or I know how I can advocate in different ways. And so uh, I want them to be able to do what they need to do well. Ideally, I'm leading a team of leaders. Um, and in that sense, if they can come to me and let me know what the barriers are, I can do my best to remove them and get them out of their way so they can keep being productive and keep working toward the goal. I think, um, and empowering them as leaders, even though they're following you, um, helping them to understand, first of all, the first leadership is self-leadership. Um, and when you understand and can navigate with your teammates, um, that that helps a whole lot, Where understanding where you are, how you're coming into the space. Um, and then reminding folks that management is not just top down, it's also circular, um, <laughs> it's also bottom up. Uh, and so managing themselves, learning how to manage and work with others, um, help to, helping to cultivate those leadership skills within the team. Um, I think those are, I said two, but that's probably three um, main things that I see as my role okay. as a leader. I'm Baptist, so give, give me the three points. So. <laughs> No, y'all all gave some some great, great points. And you know, just to throw, you know, I like to throw a little wrench in things as well. What if those things are just not working and you have you're on you're on a team individually and you say, you know what, this is all not working. What should you do? What so what should our there. leaders do? You know. Well, you have all been there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think to, to Bobby's point, the transparency, you know, being honest and don't wait until a disaster happens and you're in reactive mode. You know identify an opportunity for yourself. We've heard about the self-assessment piece a few moments ago from Aaron, but really speaking up and having the courage to say something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about it? Mm -hmm. And to Andrea's point, it's just not one way to manage a team or to lead a team or be a part of a team. It's great when we can all come together and decide what works best for everyone. And so, you know, when it doesn't work, don't waste your time with trying to wait it out forever. Be honest, be transparent, and bring it up. Be respectful. <laughs> Going back to the essence of respect. Yeah, yeah. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And value the differences and try to come together to create a collaborative strategy that will help move the team forward. I agree. And it, it's always important to get feedback from, lead, you know, from your team to hear what's working, what's not working, and not being afraid to actually shift midway if you see things are going the wrong way. And then holding others accountable is really important as well. If you don't hold the team members accountable that aren't functioning, your other team members are gonna look at it like, why are you doing this to them and not me? Why am I not being uh, treated the same at the same standard? So having those standards, holding to them, hearing from them, giving them feedback ongoing as well so that they know what good looks like is really important. And I Go ahead. I was going to add to that. Um, also, checking in with myself to to see, you know, how am I feeling? Is there a way that I could potentially um, advocate or uh, communicate in a way that's more effective? Recently, read a book that's called "You Want to Be Right or Do You Want to Be Effective." A lot of times, we want to be right. Um, and our wanting to be right keeps us from being effective. Um, and so, you know, what is that? Now, some, sometimes it's not us, but there are times when we can consider, you know, how can we be more effective? Is there a way that I commun could communicate um, that someone would be willing to receive this better? Um, 
And so that's that's one of the things I check in with. And and also sometimes values just don't align. And so at some point you may have to make the decision of like, is this the right place for me? And if not, it might be time to go. Don't waste your time. Not only that, is it the right place for me, but is it the right place for you? Because um, I think there has been situations where there may be that one person that just doesn't fit in with the team dynamics. Um, and, you know, it's not a bad thing, but maybe this isn't the place for you. And that energy, as Jeannie mentioned earlier, can transition and roll over into the team and cause the team to struggle. Uh, so, you know, again, it just kind of goes back to reassessing things. Um, if something's not working, voice it. Uh, have that sit down, have the conversation, be open to feedback and see, hey, where did we go wrong? Let's go back there. Let's pick up and let's try a new angle. That's true. Right. I like that question. Where did we go wrong? It sounds so innocent. You know, when you have challenges or there's conflicts on the team, it's so important to really be genuine with that question mm -hmm. and just ask, where did we go wrong? How can we come together and, and try something different? So I like that. Yeah, that's kind of how you get out of the, the storming phase. Right. We all know about the norming, storming, performing, mm -hmm. right? And that's how you, you really do get out of the storming phase. You have to ask those questions and be real with mm -hmm. it. Like, keep it real. And this is why, you know, this is how we get out of there and get to performing is by following this. So, yes. Yeah. And to your point, Kiki, I wanted to add on. Asking the question, where did we go wrong? I think it's important when it comes to team dynamics and building effective teams for us to self-assess our biases, mm -hmm. to understand we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion and how important that is in team dynamics. It's important for us to recognize that we are going to have some biases mm -hmm. and that's okay. And it's okay to admit that. It's important to understand how those biases impact performance mm -hmm. and how we move around and overcome those biases. And I think, again, it goes back to open communication, accountability, and transparency. Great, great. Well, I know we're coming towards the end of our episode. So but before we leave, I want to hear from everybody else again. If you could just share with the audience today, give us um, your, your one or two tips on how to effectively manage and build your team. What are your, your take-homes that our leaders can write down right now and say, okay, these are the things that I need to start doing when building my team. What are your one or two tips? Uh, one tip, one tip that I would say is just establishing ground rules, you know, put it out there. Hey, this is kind of our, our Bible that we're going to follow in terms of to our, our team uh, to where if something does happen, you know, this is what we're going to go back to. I think having those ground rules uh, definitely helps, you know, allow the team to build rapport, creativity, um, and it puts the right people in the right places to make decisions. Right, it sets the tone yeah. for yeah. how things That's are gonna go. Yeah. are important. <laughs> I, I will say leadership is not a dictatorship. It's important to hear the voices of your team, yet you are ultimately making the decision. And then I wanna add grace, give yourself grace as you go along and grow and, and lead because mistakes will happen. The main thing is to own them and then be solution oriented to come to an end. I would say being authentic, being authentic with who you are as a leader, being very genuine in your communications. And really, again, I go back to the essence of respect, being respectful. I think it goes a long way, even when you've made a mistake and you're impacting not only your team, but a deliverable to just, again, the accountability. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. 
it was the wrong decision. I own it. How can we move forward? And being authentic in that type of communication and really leading from the heart, I think is really important. Great. Yes. Um, everyone's pretty much covered everything I've said. Uh, I would well, was plenty to say in, in some sense, but again, that self-leadership as a leader, make sure you're leading yourself first, giving yourself that grace, taking that time off, um, understanding where you are. Um, and then also um, just be known as a really effective listener. If your team knows that you're going to listen to them and that you're going to consider what they have to say, then that's how you gain trust and that's how you do the good work. Great point. Yeah. Great point, Aaron. And not only that about just effective listening and being a listener, you know, Essence Learning does provide the opportunity to do organizational assessments. So organizations can find gaps and identify areas of opportunity when they can go back and retool and again, get a pulse. Uh, from the organization on what to do different so they can show that they are listening to the organizations and that they're being heard. So I echo your sentiments and agree and encourage all the listeners and viewers today to visit Essence Learning's website to take a look at the training offerings that are available. Kiki? Yes. Great. So first off, thank you all to our panelists for joining in and giving your insight on building teams that make you better. I appreciate your expertise and bringing it to the table for our listeners today. And I think they, they all got pieces of nuggets that they can take back as well um, when building their teams, especially our new leaders that are out there starting out for the first time, right? Yes. Um, Jeannie has mentioned some great um, resources for everybody as well. Um, we have an amazing course uh, called Essence of Respect that definitely follows along with how you build teams and how you as a leader can be respectful as well. So we encourage you to visit www.essencelearning.net for more information with that. And we, of course, want you to tune into our next Perspective podcast episode to get more insight on how to build your leadership skills. So with that, this is Kiki signing off on today's episode. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.